Hello, I'm Robert T. Smith, host of Support Your Local Podcast. I want to take a moment to remind you to hit that fast forward button. That is, unless you want to hear about something good being done. Anyone who knows me knows that I love bowling. In 2016, I founded the Smith Family Bowling Scholarship Foundation, intended to honor my father's hard work and dedication to community service and award scholarships to youth bowlers throughout the nation. To date, we've awarded well over $15,000 in scholarships. If you are a bowler, know a bowler, have ever seen a bowler, or heard about anyone who has ever seen a video of a bowler, I'd love for you to help promote the SFBSF and its mission. Please go to sfbsf.com and see what we're all about. While you're there, please consider hitting that donate button and helping us make a brighter future for our youth. Again, that's sfbsf.com. Thank you for your time. And this episode is brought to you by Die Real Estate and Land Company. They are the real estate agents based in Northwest Ohio. They are the go-to company for people who enjoy the rural lifestyle and are looking to buy and sell some property. The whole team is amazing. I've used them in the past. Uh, I'm partial to Jaylene myself for obvious reasons, but uh, they're all there for you whenever you need them. If you're in the market, just drop them a line at info at diarealestate.com. That's info at dyerealestate.com. And don't forget to tell them, support your local podcast sent you. Fire! I now declare the quick draw competition open. Howdy everyone. Pull up a chair, kick up your boots, and take a sip on a nice cold brew. It's the Quick in the Pod, the season two episodes of the Support Your Local Podcast show, where we take a look at the 1995 Western classic, The Quick and the Dead by Sam Raimi. I am your host as always, Robert T. Smith, coming to you from beautiful Tombstone. Yes, that one. Today we are going to start our chapter uh, 22, Kid vs. Herod. Uh, right where we left off, a, a wide shot of the kid at one end of the street and Herod is at the other. Um, definitely very, very beautifully composed shot uh, by Raimi and the, the cinematographer. Um, gets the captures kind of the, the Sergio Leone-esque uh, showdown, but uh, with a little Raimi flair, as you know, we, we have to have some zoomage. Uh, we cut to Herod, and he's he's telling the kid to drop out that he had already made his point, which is a, an interesting part. You know, Herod is not uh, 100% evil. He's not 100% the big bad guy. That there's there's obviously something uh, going on between him and and the Leonardo DiCaprio character to where he doesn't necessarily want to kill him, uh, and or maybe even a little bit of fear of being killed by him, but. I, I firmly believe, as we saw with everybody else, that you know, if this was anybody else that was standing right before him, uh, he wouldn't be trying to talk them out of it. But uh, this is really um, Herod's uh, chickens come home to roost, if you will, because he's the one that made the the condition of the following rounds to be to the death. So uh, he's faced with a situation where he's either going to have to kill uh, Leonardo DiCaprio or vice versa. So just an interesting character touch. Um, 
unfortunately it uh it does fall on deaf ears the the kid does not take the opportunity and he even goes so far as to proclaim to the crowd that Herod is only as invincible as he is because the crowd believes he is and the little speech uh goes on and and we see various members of the crowd as as he's saying it um particularly Herod and then the lady standing next to court and they just don't seem to be buying it um, it's, a. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they all know that, uh, Herod is just fast. You know, it's not a matter of him being invincible. It's not a matter of a mind trick, though, obviously the psychological warfare would play uh, a part in it somewhat as it does in all competition. Um, but at the end of the day, Herod is a really fast gun, gunslinger. Just that's, that's just a fact. Um, Ramy Cam uh, runs wild once again, and uh, we get Dutch Angle zooms in on the kid and Herod and Maddie Silk, uh, Pat Hingle, the clock, and uh, finally the clock strikes, causing both of them to draw. We we see Herod's draw first, but there's a, a very quick cut to Herod grimacing, and he slaps his left hand onto his neck, and then as Ratsy reacts, Herod finally tumbles back onto his back. And we see a quick cut of uh, Sharon Stone, and she's looking in the kid's direction. It, uh, it cuts to a close-up of Leo's face, and he's, he's wide-eyed. And it's, um, it's here where we, we see him kind of start morphing back into his namesake. Um, you know, fresh-faced Leonardo DiCaprio at this age... Uh, is already kind of a fine line between a, a grown man and a kid, um, but this is absolutely him as as a, a small child um, sitting there going wide-eyed. And unlike a small child, or maybe perhaps it is, depending on your kid, uh, he says, shit, that was fast. And we find out quickly that it wasn't his own hands that he was talking about, uh, like it was with uh, with Scars, but... Um, Unfortunately, he uh, he tumbles backwards out of frame, and it begins to show a, a concerned crowd and a very distraught Maddie Silk behind him. Uh, she runs to his side, and we see that uh, Leo is, in fact, gut shot, which anybody that's ever seen a Western movie ever in their lives knows that uh, that's not good. Um, you know, particularly in, in uh, El Dorado, uh, we, we see the, the ramifications of, you know, there's there's no really getting around it. Like a, a gut shot is in that time and age with no medical care and all that is essentially a, a death sentence. Um, she looks up and we see the doctor. Uh, he's ever socially distant. So he's, he's ahead of his time in regards to that. Uh, but he just shakes his head. No. And with a very grave look on his face, which uh, to be fair, I think that's the only face that that actor has. Um, it's the beard. I get it. I, as a bearded man with a very stoic look himself, I, I 1000% get it. He may, he may be ecstatic right now. Maybe him and Herod are best buds and you know, they're going to go out drinking for winning. I don't know, but, uh, it's definitely not showing on his face. Even, even when this guy was, uh, the, the creepy, uh, murderer and, and home alone, supposed alleged murderer and home alone, even when he became the, the happy grandpa at the church and, and later on, uh, still looked like he could probably kill a guy and, and still looked very, very um, grimaced in, in his face. We cut to Pat Hingle, and he's looking in the direction of Herod, and much to uh, Pat Hingle's dismay, Herod is slowly getting back up. 
Uh, not like Michael Myers. It's not like he's coming back from the dead, but he's, he's obviously to some degree okay. The, the lady also runs over to help the kid, and they're, they're both trying to put pressure on the wound. Um, DiCaprio is, is crying, and he's asking if he got him. And Stone truthfully replies that, yeah, he, he did get him, which isn't a lie. He did, in fact, his bullet did, in fact, strike Herod. Um, it did do damage, so he did, in fact, shoot Herod. Uh, unfortunately, not nearly as fatally as, as he probably would want. But um, So he follows up with the question of, did he kill him? Which, again, to Sharon Stone's credit, those are two completely different questions. They're, 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 not, uh, they're not necessarily meaning the same thing. She, uh, and to her credit as well, she doesn't lie. Um, she lies by omission. She never outright answers the question. Uh, she just replies that you sure were fast. And the look of dread and doom over Leo's face, uh, when he knows what that means and he immediately begins to bawl. And, uh, he's saying that he doesn't want to die. And it's one 1000% great acting here by, by Leonardo DiCaprio props, props to that. Um, I, I talked previously about how Leo's character goes kind of back and forth from a, uh, formidable young man to literally just a kid. And this is a, a great example here. It started, um, with the, the first shot of, you know, shit that was fast and, and just kind of continues throughout the scene. Uh, but yeah, here, you know, just, just a few seconds ago, he was a young 20 something guy that was cock of the walk and, and so sure in himself that he wouldn't take a, an out from a, a very formidable opponent, you know, regardless how fast he thinks he is. He's grown up in this town. He's grown up around Herod. He's presumably seen these previous tournaments. Hell, he's seen the fights in this tournament. So he knows that Herod is legit, um, but still managed to be that cocky young kid. And now he's he's just uh, this, this scared kid, uh, literally a kid, facing his, his mortality. And, uh, man, I, I can't imagine... Um, living that, uh, let alone being able to tap into a mindset to let me act that. And he does this so well, which obviously, I mean, it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, guys. Let's let's be real. The guy's got legit, legit acting chops. But it's interesting to see that he's had them all the way back, uh, as far back as, as 95. Secondly, I, I always wonder if he's saying this because he knows he's gut shot and that he's not going to make it or... Does he know that he's in no shape to continue? And the fact that Herod is still alive and and that means that he's probably heading this way to bu- put a bullet through his head and finish him off. Um, so I always wondered kind of that, that dichotomy of, is it just him facing his mortality from the gut shot? Or is he genuinely scared of, not only am I facing Herod and I'm, I'm hitting that reality in my mind, I'm no longer in my own mindset of being invincible as, as a 20-something, um, you know, young, dumb, and full of cum kind of kid. 
And now not only am I facing that guy, but I actually harmed him. And is that going to make him even more pissed off and want to kill me? Not that like he was already going to kill me. Now he really wants to kill me. Uh, and he's heading this way to, to finish me off. Um, thoughts? Let, let me know what you think. Uh, hit me up in the comments on, on the social media and, and, and on the episode. Um, the lady's fighting away tears herself as she's, she's trying to comfort him. And we see this looming shadow of Herod as, as he approaches. And it cuts over to see uh, he has a handkerchief to his neck wound. And Leo reaches his hand out to him. And I would assume it's a, a last-ditch effort to ask his father, or who he believes to be his father, for acceptance and, and quite frankly, help. Um, but uh, it passes away before Hackman would, would do so, which I'm going to guess he, he wouldn't have. Um, Stone closes Leo's eyes uh, now that he's, he's passed on, and we see Hackman looking down at all of this, and with the amazing acting that Hackman can do, he's, he is visibly upset to the degree that this character would allow himself to be. You know, he was, he was never going to break down in tears and sob over the, the body of his supposed lost son. That, that was never going to be. But um, to see what regret that he has on there was, was a nice subtlety touch in, in facial acting for, for Mr. Hackman. Um, we've seen that, that mischievous gleam in his eye and the look of happiness and pleasure from him but this is a step away from that, and, and even further than the disappointment he had earlier when he found out that, uh, that Leo had challenged him. You know, he's, and I believe this, he's looking down on his son, and he's speaking almost as if he's, he's giving a, a eulogy. And however, that, that eulog the eulogy is not exactly heartfelt, as he says it was never proved that he was my son. He, he glances to the crowd around them and he realizes that he's being watched. And he continues, uh, it was the farmer that dot, dot, dot. He, he wasn't mine, dot, dot, dot. And his voice actually cracks. Um, you know, whether that's from having a bullet in his neck, I don't know. It looks like it was just a glancing wound off to the side. But um, when he's, he's stared down by the lady, he pleased with her that he he gave him the opportunity to stand down and he didn't take it and it's it's very accusatory and you can tell he's he's distraught at why leo wouldn't just take the offer um something that as i said previously he wouldn't have given to anyone else other than his son and he has to leave before he finishes and that's about as close to an emotion as we're probably going to get from a guy like herod uh you know plain and simple but but uh, Gene Hackman, my God, he, he acts this to, to a T. He, uh, he walks back to his house as Maddie's still crying over the body. And Pat Hingle approaches, as does the, the Undertaker and several other townsfolk. And uh, Sharon Stone cradles the back of Maddie's head and gives her a kiss and, and tussle over her hair. And it's, it's interesting to see that knowing the, the dynamic that these two had with, with the kid. Um, and again, I'm still curious as to, to what level Maddie even knows what, what happened with that. I mean, 
you know, uh, the, the preacher knows he, he bore witness to her, uh, going into his shop that, that first night, but you know, how much of the townsfolk, uh, just saw him throwing up in the alley and didn't see the, the after the aftermath, you know, um, Sharon Stone walks off as the crowd picks up the, the kid's body and they begin to carry him off. It's a, a great contrast from what we've seen previously on how bodies are, are treated. It's, it's nice to see Leo get the, the warrior's respect, but also speaks to how the town is noticeably more subdued as this tournament goes on. You know, the, the crowd carries him off and Maddie stops a few feet back. She picks up the kid's hat and she looks like she doesn't know what to do with it. Um, she flips it around and it almost looks like she's going to put it on her, on her head at one point. Um, perhaps there's a, there's a sequel idea out there where, where Maddie becomes the Sharon Stone character, uh, avenging the death of her husband. Um, so I, I feel bad for Herod if he in fact wins this tournament, he may have a, a pissed off Maddie Silk to, to deal with. We, uh, we cut to Sharon Stone sitting in the, in the kid's shop and, She's looking at the picture of him as a as a child dressed up like a, a a bandito, and I'm sure that Maddie is busy with handling the the kids' arrangements and all. But what if she walked in and saw this? Um, you know, again, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic between those two. But you know, that's that's her husband that was just shot. Her being Maddie Silk, and here's this lady who's kind of been involved, kind of not been involved in a lot of the, the day-to-day with, with my husband. And now she's sitting in his, his shop, um, just hanging out, mourning him and, and looking over his stuff. It's just interesting dynamic there. Um, Sharon Stone, now now distraught, obviously, she she throws the picture to the ground and it breaks the glass. And I again, this is now Maddie's place presumably if inheritance laws are, are similar to the way they are now. And maybe that's the only photo of the kid that exists. You know, this is the old West photos weren't as prevalent. You know, we didn't have phones and hard drives and laptops filled with pictures of, of mundane every five seconds of our life. This could very well be the only picture that ever existed of the kid. And she's tossing around and throwing it on the ground. Just, just saying, the, the blind kid is there, and she asks him what kind of ink he has. And the kid tells her that he has any kind that she wants. And as he says it, he, he has these kind of, you know, plump cheeks. And the way that he says it, it really reminds me of the one shopkeep in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I, I was waiting for him to say, I can get you any ink you want. It'll be here in six weeks. Because as we know, uh, redemption is some kind of anomaly. Six weeks from everywhere. But uh, for those that get that joke, props to you. Uh, hopefully we'll go over that movie sometime. I absolutely love that movie. She then looks at the dynamite barrels that, that make up Leo's bed. And she knocks on them. We, we cut to the outside and the lady is standing there looking at court. And he's sitting on the porch the, the way that she's standing is identical to how Ace Hanlon was standing earlier when he was sizing court up. And she approaches him and she sits next to him. And that's where we end our scene for the day uh, with the doomsday clock getting ready to strike six o'clock. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's have a conversation, guys. What do you think? 
um, ultimately was Leonardo DiCaprio, the, the son of, of Herod. Um, I loved when I had Joey Prenzi on, he, he, he enlightened me to a, a thought of maybe this farmer is the, the guy that Herod's ex-wife, uh, fucked around with, uh, you know, was, was that guy the, the reason that the kid exists? Is that, is the kid a product of that affair that ultimately led Herod to, um, taking care of the situation, uh, with his wife. Hit me up. Let me know. Uh, until we meet again, folks, as always, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't already, uh, please hit us up on social media. We are support your local podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, ideas for the show, ideas for movies coming up in the following seasons, please, please, please. I'm always looking forward to that. Hit me up on email. It is S-U-P-P, your local podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you may be listening to us for. That's the quick, free, and easy way to help out the show the greatest. Again, this show is absolutely free. It always will be absolutely free, uh, but it wouldn't hurt to get us moving up in the ranks. So I ask a free favor of you as, as my friends and, and, and listeners. Um, Rate and review us. Uh, hit us up on on your podcatcher. Move us up in the rankings so that we can get uh, my soothing dulcet tones and more and more ear holes every week. Uh, but that'll be it for right now, folks. Uh, I will see you again next week uh, for chapter for chapter twenty three, Ellen versus Court, with a very special guest, Brian Bowser. You know and love him from previous episodes. He is back. Uh, but until then, know that I love you guys. Take care. Uh, but please always support your local podcast.